0: Merry Christmas, we just were presented with the Christmas story and it concluded by claiming it's a paradox and it is the paradox of Christmas, what we expect perhaps didn't occur, it was a silent night that loudly proclaimed God's love for the entire world, a paradox. Our all-powerful God came to earth in the form of a helpless child, a paradox. Many had waited and anticipated, few noticed. Christmas, it's a paradox, and that Paradox, it never, ever ceases to be incredible. Yet what God did by coming to earth as Jesus is fully and completely credible. It's wholly believable. Throughout Advent, every Sunday, we've touched on just how truly incredible Christmas is. The mortal birth of an immortal God. Christmas made the immortal God a mortal man. Why? So that we, we mortals, could achieve, like him, immortality. It's amazing. It's it's incredible. Our supernatural God entered the world he created in the natural way born of a woman, supernatural God, born naturally to us. Born naturally, who live in this natural world, he showed us the way to be born again, to have a supernatural birth. For all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We become supernatural, we who are born natural. We can become immortal because immortality became mortal, impossible. It all sounds impossible, but God made it possible. How? By becoming Jesus, by coming to this earth. With Jesus, the impossible became possible. We talked about all of those things through Advent. in this evening, this evening's our culmination of incredible Christmas as we consider that our great invisible God, our invisible God, the great invisible God became visible for us, for us. And that too is a paradox. It just seems like they're, they're at odds with each other. I want to talk about this paradox and to introduce this this paradox of Christmas that the all-powerful invisible God made himself visible I begin with a prophetic passage in the Old Testament prophetic in that it depicts the coming of Jesus now this is a passage many of you will find familiar let's uh let's read it it's from first kings chapter 19 it's verses 9 through 13. and again i know many of you this is this is a familiar passage and it reads this way and there he elijah went into a cave and he spent the night in that place and behold the word of the lord came to him and the lord said to him what are you doing here elijah So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then he said, the Lord, that is, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Now, this is the account of the prophet Elijah and God's still small voice. To many of you, familiar passage of scripture, but you might be scratching your head and saying, not so much on Christmas Eve. Now so how does this fit Christmas? How does it depict the coming of Jesus? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how it was that that Elijah found himself in the cave. And unfold this a little bit and see how it depicts Christmas. Elijah was in this cave. He had been a man of God, a man of faith, a man who lived his faith with boldness for a long time, many years. Through Elijah, God had worked some powerful miracles, even raising one from the dead if if we consider this moment of elijah in the cave and just flash back six weeks in his life we go back six weeks and he was witnessing tremendous miracles the power of god the awesome power of god he had challenged a king to this big spiritual showdown said king bring all your false prophets Elijah was one. It was one against 400, and he prevailed by the power of God who sent fire from heaven. Then Elijah prayed. He prayed, and a multi-year drought ended. He witnessed the rains coming and watering the dry ground. Immediately when the rain started, Elijah stood up and he began to run. He was running to the royal palace. It was in a city some 30 miles away. And in getting to the city, Elijah outran the king's chariot. After that day, filled with the visible, the visible power of God, the things that Elijah had witnessed, the amazing power, as he came into the city, the wicked king Jezebel sent a murderous threat to Elijah. That frightened him, and he turned around and he left, and he ran for his life. He ran for 40 days to a mountain far away, and he hid in a cave. So here we are, six weeks later, feeling sorry for himself. Elijah asked God to let him just be done. He prayed a prayer. Lord, let me breathe my last breath. And that's when the Lord said, Elijah What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Get out of that cave and come stand before the presence of the Lord. But Elijah didn't move. Now he was experienced in seeing the visible power of God. He had seen all of this power manifested by Almighty God. He saw the power, but he stayed in the cave he stayed in the cave waiting for the presence of the Lord only then would he go out to the mouth of the cave now as he waited a great wind now Elijah might have expected the Lord to be in the blowing gale but the Lord was not in the wind he waited more the earth began to tremble the ground moved under his feet the mountain shook but the Lord was not in the temblor. After the earthquake, fire, fire comes upon the mountain. It's got heat and blinding light, but Elijah waited. He did not move because the Lord was not in the fire. Then finally, tranquility falls over the front of that cave. And there came to Elijah's ear a still, small voice. Elijah discerned the whisper of God in the presence of the Lord. And then he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. Now, this account here, this account depicts the paradox of Christmas. It it depicts the coming of Christ. What was it like just before Christ arrived? Many waited. Many anticipated the coming of the Messiah. They expected and what did they expect they expected a conquering king to eliminate oppression to free the nation from the repressive taxes of the Roman government to eliminate those overlords who ruled their lives they wanted a leader of strength and force and power and they longed for that and they waited for a Savior to come with the strength of a hurricane wind and the force of an earthquake and the power of, of an inferno to light up those Romans and to kill off the Roman legions and sh- shake them to the core and burn up all the oppression. But what came instead? What came instead in a little town called Bethlehem on that old holy night? In, in what many say was a cave where the animals were kept What came was the still, small voice of God. The invisible God made himself known not by arriving with the fanfare and the strength and the force and the power of a hurricane and an earthquake or a wildfire. He arrived instead in the form of a humble, infant, baby boy who was placed in a manger, still and small and it was this child jesus who would make visible the face of the invisible god jesus would time after time define or or defy what was predominantly expected of those who had been waiting for the coming messiah during his ministry as an adult on earth he taught unlike any who had come before him he presented new perspectives perspectives that rocked their world they they had never heard things like this he taught new perspectives on things like adultery and divorce and prayer and generosity and uh, trust and making vows and retribution dealing with your enemies extending forgiveness showing mercy being peacemakers in all of it Jesus, he turned on its head what was thought and expected of God, even as his own people tried to force him to be a king so that he could rule over Rome and conquer all the enemies. And through it all, through it all, Jesus remained and presented the image of the invisible God. He is the Son, the Son. Jesus is the image of God. The invisible God in the image of God that image of God had been caricatured it had been caricatured by those expecting a king of strength and force and might and power that would rule with an iron rod the image of the uh, of the invisible God was it was all messed up and it was actually just veiled in darkness because it was so distorted but Jesus cast away that darkness the darkness that veiled the true face and image of God, in Jesus was light. It was the light of all mankind. And it broke through that darkness, making visible the very face of God. He he once said to his disciple, one of his disciples uh, named Philip, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father the Father. And this is what's just incredible about our faith. The Father is made visible. He is revealed to us in Jesus Christ. Even though the closest disciples, like Philip, they didn't fully comprehend how much they beheld in the meek and the lowly ways of Jesus and in his boundless love and goodness that this was in fact the highest and the best manifestation we could ever have made to us of the great invisible God, Jesus. The highest and the best manifestation of God. As it had been shown to the prophet Elijah, God was not in the wind. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in that inferno, but in the still small voice. humble birth, the gentle ministry of Jesus. Now, although none of us were privileged to walk with Jesus and and behold him with our very own eyes, we are still called to fix our eyes on Jesus. How can we do that? How might we fix our eyes on Jesus? Well, he's been revealed to us in, in the word of God and through the Holy Spirit which both shed light in the darkness, and they make the invisible God visible to us through Christ. We look to Jesus and we focus on him and and to conform to his image. Paul the Apostle, he wrote in uh, his letter to the church in Colossae, Colossians 1.15, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. So Jesus is the image of God the Father. He is. He is he presents to us this this great incredible visual of what was formerly invisible and paul also wrote to the church in rome he he wrote we know that in all things god works for the good of those who love him who've been called according to his purpose to be conformed to the image of the son that that's romans 8:28 and 29 Jesus is the image of the Father. He's the light of the world, revealing the Father, revealing this invisible God to us. He he made the invisible God visible. He's the image of the Father. And we who follow Jesus, we're called to be conformed to his image, the image of Jesus, the Son, and to shine his light. I want to say that again. Jesus is the image of the Father, we're called to be conformed to the image of Jesus he's the sun and, and and to shine his light to show the world not the not the strength of a hurricane's gale force wind or the force of an earthquake or the power of some searing bolt of lightning and all the fire it has no no we are to shine his light to show the paradox of christmas The all-powerful God, the King of kings, he did not come as expected with worldly strength, with all the force and power that one might expect, but he came as the still, small Christ child who grew to be the meek and lowly Savior of the world. Just saying that out loud, the, the meek and lowly Savior of the world. It's a paradox. And that's the visible image that we have. It's that image of Jesus that we are to conform to, whose light we shine. And and tonight, y'all got a symbol of that light. You have a symbol of the light we bear for Jesus. You know, this is not a flamethrower. It's not a blowtorch. No, this isn't coming with the force and power that, that the world would want some great leader to have. It's just a little candle, a simple, small, little candle. And it's the image of this still, small coming of Jesus. And it's a still, small light that breaks the darkness. And when this little light is combined with another one and another one and another one, now it can shine like the sun. So when we, when we take the lights down here and we turn these on, and you can turn on your candle, you'll see. And let's let, let this little light, our small little candle, shine a, as we sing of the night. The invisible God revealed himself to all the world. Let's let's stand and let's sing about Jesus, that still small voice of God who came to make the face of God visible to us by shining his light. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. As you leave here tonight, remember just this simple little image. One little light and how Jesus was that. That's how he came into the earth. Just a small simple voice you put the face on God. It's, it's such a great thing. It's, a, it's, it's what we're called to do too. Share this little light and you know as the leaders of the church we're supposed to do that too but I can't do that without all of the help that I have just acknowledge that this evening say thank you and Merry Christmas to Pastor Barry and Pastor Noah and Pastor Julie Uh, for all that you do uh, I, I just appreciate you so much and of course appreciate all you I want to say Merry Christmas to all of you too God bless you